And here we are for another. Who changed my name? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, oh, who did this? All right. Um, here we are for another episode of the Jack Carabot Illustrated podcast. Matt and Dallas with you tonight. And we have our friend and special guest, Tanner Castora. Tanner, how the heck are you doing? Yay. I've been awesome. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been been a few months more than that since i've been on and i'm i'm really excited to be here good we are glad to have you um and this show now uh, this is something that's new um this show is presented by Kubota dealers of south dakota and um again john collie and his team uh, hooked me up uh, got me the Kubota that i needed for my acreage here um and last week i was talking about all the dirt that i moved with it recently and today we had a birthday party for my son at the house. And this morning I decided I need to mow the yard a little bit. So it took me about 90 seconds to take my loader off. Uh, and so I wouldn't have to bounce that across my yard and get my yard mowed. And that took like 20 minutes just for the spot that I was trying to do. Um, super easy to use. If I can figure it out, you can figure it out. Uh, so contact the Kubota dealers of South Dakota. Eight different locations currently, soon to be nine. John, let me know. And uh, they'll get you hooked up for the machine that is right for, for your project, your job, whatever it may be. So thank you, Kubota Dealers of South Dakota. Really appreciate you guys. Matt, I got to know, what's the, the birthday party? Was there a theme? Like, what did you guys do? <laughs> you saw Kelsey's uh, Facebook stuff, didn't nope. you, Dallas? No, no, I did not. Oh, okay. So I, as you all know, or many of you know, I'm a giant Packer fan, but my eight-year-old son is a Vikings fan here in Minnesota <laughs> and a giant Justin Jefferson fan. So uh, his cake was 18. We had purple and gold balloons all over our house. Uh, it was I'm a rough so day. glad I asked. Yeah. I honestly yeah. had no idea. Yeah. He wore his Vikings helmet around most of the day. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that was how, the thing. How do you guys get along on Sundays? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last year, <laughs> last year when the Packers struggled and the Vikings had a good season, you know, he, he chirped a lot uh, for a seven-year-old, but he's, he's been pretty quiet so far. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Dallas, uh, how are you? Sorry, right as you're about to take a drink. <laughs> right as I'm taking a sip, I'm still going to do it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I'm good. Chiming in from, honestly, dare I say, like a – sorry, bump my mic there – like a perfect day in southern Minnesota. I mean, mm -hmm. the weather, my goodness – it was just one of those days where you just want to sit and, I, I don't know, I get a lot done, but just kind of want to do nothing. I mean, just between the the light and the temperature, humidity and everything, like, just gorgeous. So, spent some time outside, enjoyed the enjoyed the game, um, hung out with the fam, and, and glad to be not traveling because I only get to do this every other week this this fall here through into November. So, it's, it's good to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. It was it was a beautiful day, right? I saw a whole bunch of memes about uh, like Midwesterners on like the five nice days they have. I had that year. same thought. Yeah. I'm like, all right, we get like, I was gonna say ten, or you get like ten in the fall, like five to ten, and then <laughs> five to ten in the spring. Yep. And I think that's the time when anybody moves here is if they visited today. Yeah. Then they're gonna move here. Yep. Yep. All right, Tanner. Uh, what the heck's new with you? What's new since last time we talked? Oh, lots been going on. I was actually in Brookings today shooting a story. It was, it's a pretty cool thing that they got going on. I'm sure some people are aware of it. It's through FCA. And there's probably, I think there's about 280 kids from grades, I believe, first grade to fifth grade. And they play flag football 
inside mm-hmm. the dike house and the right outside of the dike house. And there's coaches for every one of the teams. And it's, I think there's like 35 football players that are included in that number. There's several athletes from other teams across the board, the university. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool environment. I've never been there, never experienced it. And so I was in Brookings today shooting a story on that. And that was a story. It will be a story for the Brookings register. So yeah. I'm doing a story about every week, every other week for them, which is a blessing. I'm excited to be able to do that, to be involved week to week with something at South Dakota State. And then really the big reason why I'm still here in South Dakota, I have a, a pretty cool opportunity on my hands. I'm actually working on a book. I am doing a book on kind of the building of the football program to what it was, to what it is today. And it's also somewhat of, a, I'd say, a biography on Coach Stig. So me and Coach have been meeting pretty much every week, every other week we sit down and talk. And actually today I got to sit down with his wife and talk to his wife. It's pretty cool. Here's some stories about Coach Stig back in the day. So uh, that's my big project. that I. Oh, my goodness. Is this the first time you've announced this? I haven't heard this. I really haven't told many people. Wow. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Tanner told me a long time ago and said I couldn't – couldn't say anything. Oh, so yeah, you, the, the guy that knows <laughs> everything about everything. My, I don't want to hear it. I wanted, I wanted to keep it low because I want this year to be about this team, and that's why I'm so happy I do get to do stories about the things that are going on in the, in the university this year. But I'm, I'm planning on having it come out in about a year, and I've, I've been working hard at it. So that's my big project, and I'm, I'm excited. I want it to be something for everyone in the community, for all of you guys that are – have been a part of the program and have been in Brookings and, and followed the team for decades. So I want it to be kind of a, a special thing for everyone. So I'm, I'm really going to put some time into this and some real deep effort. Deep I, effort. I have 10,000 questions about this. Probably, <laughs> probably shouldn't dive into all of them. So when do we know when to expect this? Like what's the, what's the plan? My, this is obviously, this is my first book I've written. So we'll see how I, how this all goes about, but I'd like to have this come out August next year before the football season next year. So I'm really going to have to be diligent with my time for that to happen. But that is my goal. I'd like it to come out before the football season starts next year. Nice. Yeah. All right. I hope you're seeing these comments, Tanner. Jim Poppin says, that's so cool, Tanner. Chris Howard, you're a superstar, Tanner. Tammy Union, uh, what an opportunity. Congrats. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. Actually, yes. This, this brings up a housekeeping note. Do you want me to be flashing stuff up here? Can I do that? Because I this is normally Chad's thing, and Chad is – where is Chad? Chad is in Germany. Chad is in right? Germany. And so wow. Chad did comment uh, earlier. Chad's in the house. He's watching. He goes, I see I'm easily replaced. <laughs> uh, and then there was one other comment that made me laugh. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, we we did start on time and without without messing up the intro. But other than that, no, you're not, Chad. Where is it at? Shoot! Oh, there we go. Thank you, Rev. Right here. Wow, Chad lost his beard in about 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Oh, he's oh Chad's in-, in Prague. All right, yeah, I see that sorry. now. All right. Well, we miss him, and I am, Chad, just so you know, I am outrageously jealous of what you're doing right now, and I wish I was there. That sounds so fun. What's yeah. he doing? What's he doing? Oktoberfest. Oh, my yep. goodness. Is he really? Yeah, him and Sam, his wife, are there. And Marking then all of the German beers. Yeah. And then wow. uh, Eric from the Hair Razor podcast just left tonight, too. So uh, they're, they're going to meet up over there and stuff. So You're that's kidding. pretty cool. Very cool. All right. Um, should we get to this Drake 
this Drake game, right? So let's talk about this a little bit. Um, Tanner, were you, did you make it up to the cities for this or no? No, I actually, I actually chose to stay. My car was in the shop, yeah. and I, I could have gotten a ride up there, but I had some things going on here in Sioux Falls, so I actually stayed. So I'll be the one to ask you guys questions about the experience because oh. I only got to see it from TV. Sure, sure. Then, then fire away. What do you got? Well, first off, how <laughs> how was it? Because I've I've talked to some of the players today, and they told me like it was legitimately very cool. What was it like for you guys to be there? Well, the so it's a two part answer here. Uh, the pregame was incredible. Seeing Minneapolis in SDSU blue, the Jackrabbit flags flying all over, um, the just the sheer number of people that came to Cowboy Jacks that where we were at for pretty much the whole time uh, was awesome. And the second part of that is then you got into a 33,000 seat stadium and it was half empty. And that was kind of a letdown. Like, I, I don't know what I was thinking, um, what that would look like, but that was a letdown. Uh, you know, the seats were further away from the field than I'm used to. It just, and, and it was just a very inferior opponent, right? So yeah. it just didn't have the same electricity. Uh, it was one of those instances where the, the pregame was just, 10 times better in my opinion as a fan than the actual game itself. But I did hear the post game interviews with the players and they shared kind of the same sentiments. You just said that it was awesome. Like Jimmy talked about, you know, when he walked out on the field, it was the, what, what flashed through his mind was going from the trailer house yeah. that they had on campus, the trailers to target field. Like how cool is that? So. Yeah, I'd echo most of the same stuff. It was a great experience overall. And I went from, I mean, I think we've been fairly public here about being a bit disappointed when this was initially rolled out or just not super jazzed. Get why we did it. But then by the time we got close to it, I got excited. And it was fun. And it was a cool alumni event. And that's what it was, right? It, this wasn't about a football game. It was an alumni event. I don't know what to make of the crowd because I didn't know what to expect. One, they announced 18,134 or whatever it was. If somebody would have said 8,000 instead of 18,000, I would have believed them because you couldn't tell. I mean, it didn't feel empty, but it certainly didn't feel half full by any means either. So I don't know. Like I said, I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, the, so yeah, just the over... Surprised how so. Surprised What's how that? So. Surprised how so. Um, just by... I, I, I think I, I wanted a little bit more excitement, and that's just coming off of the last week. And, and, and again, I, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if we would get 10,000 or 20,000 people. And, and, you know, and we're not probably as uh, permeated into the Twin Cities Metro as, like, the Furry Cows are with their fan base and their, their alumni. They just, they've been doing that longer uh, and I think that they just have more, and that's that's what it is. But the people that did show out, like, it was fun. We drove – my daughter had a, uh, a birthday party the night before, so we drove drove her up uh, all the way up, you know, 169 to Minneapolis. It was, you know, tons of South Dakota plates, ton to S, tons of SDSU stickers, dropper all, off at Mall of America, tons of jacks gear walking around there. So that was cool, and I think that maybe some people were getting exposed to that for the first time. And again, driving back up the next day, you know, just bumper to bumper uh, South Dakota plates heading up 169. So anyway, that was great. Very impressed with everybody that showed up. The pregame was unbelievable. I'm curious if anybody wants to chime in who was somewhere other than 
Cowboy Jacks because I'm not sure what the other places were like, but man, that was a good time. Hey, this is good perspective here, Dallas, because we both did sit on the third baseline. So Austin Vanderwall says from the left field end zone, the whole side was full, even in the upper deck was a neat sight. So I haven't seen any of those pictures yet from that vantage point. So that's cool. That's I, awesome to hear. That is good. I, I walked around and it looked okay. And I knew that everybody was on on one side. And and then again, you've got that cool concourse area that I, I hope when we expand the stadium, we figure out a way to put in that type of seating on the second level. Or not seating, but just a space where you can kind of stand and mill about and hang out and talk and still see what's going on. I mean, there was tons of people. It was pretty much packed in the concourse the whole time, too. But, again, really happy with the alumni, and I think there's you know a lot of people worked hard on that. and it would, uh, Hopefully it did what they wanted. I think it did. You yeah. guys seem like like you're, you're not like pleased but okay with it. I, I, just just my perspective, hearing what you, what you guys are saying, 18,000 is almost a packed house at Dyke House, right? Right. And, yep. I mean, let's just be honest. No disrespect, but they're playing Drake. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if this is a bigger game, I feel like the, the draw would have been much more because, again, no disrespect, but we all knew this was going to be the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, like yep. you guys said, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was more so just about the experience. To me, that's a, that's a decent drawing, right? No, Up I think it is. It, it is, too. And like I said, I just didn't know what – I had no idea what to think going into it and what it was going to look like. And, and uh, by the way, did we had Deb – can you bring that comment back yep. up? We have yep. shots fired in the Gronowski household. Drake <laughs> fan base was weak. They were. There was hardly any of them. I did think there would be more yeah, Drake fans there. Me, too, because it, it's a cool experience. I, I've said a million times – I wish we could have got St. Thomas and put up 150 points on them. That would have been <laughs> – I'd be on cloud nine still if we could have done that. That would have been a good time. But, no, it was. I'm glad we did it. And, and I also, I realize that I'm being – I don't think I'm being critical, but I'm, I'm being not excited about – again, you go from the trailers, and the first thing I walk in and I'm talking to somebody about, okay, you go from Coffin alumni to this, like, this is pretty sweet, and it was. Yep, yep. So I don't know. Again, like it, it, it was a really um, neat day. You know, the the Twin Cities Metro media didn't cover this at all, though. Um, you know, I tried to you know tweet in to to K fan multiple times to talk about it and to promote it uh, as something because there was just no Minnesota sports in the Twin Cities this weekend. So it was a perfect opportunity. Besides, I guess the Loons played over in St. Paul. Um, and not the Loons, the Minnesota United. They used to be the Loons, right, Dallas? So I thought they're still the Loons, aren't they? Are they? I don't know. I think so. But whatever. They wear but, scarves. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure. So it just, uh, you know, it, it, there just was a lot of buzz up there. It was funny. The Cowboy Jacks, who we've been working with now for a couple months on this, uh, we told them, we said it's going to be a huge crowd. They love Bush Light. Um, <laughs> and they were not ready for us at, at 10 o'clock. Uh, Zim tweeted a picture of the line out Excellent. the door and around the block. That was pretty cool. And I got there at 10, 10, uh, running late that morning. And, and there was not a table to be had in the place, uh, upstairs on that top rooftop bar. They had two bartenders working and finally at about 11, two or three more showed up and things started finally moving a little bit quicker. Um, but I think by like one there's, you know, you couldn't order a bush light in the building. And then there was a picture someone took of 130, like pallets of bush light being like uh, uh, brought in on, on, on lifts. So that was kind of funny. But yeah, 
otherwise, what a good time. It was great. I loved it. I, I wouldn't want to do it every year, but shoot, if we give it a, 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 the team an experience like this every fourth year or so, I'd be fine with that, honestly. I would. I think also, too, it'll take time to build an imprint in that part of the country. Not that there isn't already somewhat, but you look at the roster, and I, I did tweet. It's, it's interesting to look. There's only seven players from Minnesota, which you mm-hmm. would just not expect with the caliber of athletes that are on this team. You would think that they dip into Minnesota more. There's only seven players. So this couldn't do anything but help, something mm-hmm. like that. No, it doesn't. We, we've historically been – I mean, we, we've – done very poorly uh recruiting the metro versus north dakota state and and i I mean that has to be a part of what what this is and obviously we're we're doing well and love the roster that we have but yeah there's a lot of athletes there and and just we we haven't we haven't uh uh, made the mark in there i think the way that the other team has so Mm -hmm. no this is a good thing for for everybody and there's an interesting point. I want to make a note for this, Matt, later. Uh, Damon Becker said we should have hit up the guys at Score North. There's There are several, you know, slight, you know, larger-than-us versions of us in the Metro for different sports, and actually that would have been cool to grab some of those guys, or even like the 10,000 takes people, some of them, and bring them in. That mm-hmm. actually would have been a really good time. So yeah. Next four years, time. we're going to do that. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, the game itself, let's talk about that. Uh, Tanner, what did you think watching and seeing on the first drive two two long pass plays? What were your thoughts? Because I know our thoughts in our group chat. Clearly that I don't think you can argue that the Jacks are caught off guard. I mean, Drake came out slinging that thing and, and 56 yards was it the first play. And mm-hmm. shortly after another 35-yard pass. Great passes, by the way, by Bailey. Mm-hmm. Very well-thrown footballs. South Dakota State, I think, was just caught off guard, and they got it together after that first drive defensively. But I don't think, at least from my vantage point, there was no actual panic, like, wait a second. No. I, I don't think that was any part of the discussion, but caught off guard and give Drake some credit for being aggressive, as they should. They came into that game with nothing to lose, but yeah, I was a bit surprised to see the the defense let a, a receiver two times get behind them. Mm-hmm. I I am at this point uh, mildly concerned on uh, with, with Dyshawn is there's been a pass play every game so far this season where he has gotten beat, and this is the first time though that it's actually uh, connected, right? Um, and I love Dyshawn. We know he's amazing in run fits and all that good stuff. But uh, I'm 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 a little concerned about his speed right now. If that's if that can be if that can be a thing, I don't know. We're gonna face better receivers in the valley, that's for sure. And he has to be ready. So, I mean, you can't go into that first series as much as you'd like to say, "Hey, it's a football game," and you get ready. And I'm sure that um, um, you know Chris uh, Crockett you know, went through all of the things to try to get them prepared for that game. You're just not up as much in -hmm. something like that. Even though it's a cool experience, you still know who the opponent is, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it's somebody that you know you should beat handily, and you're just, the the juice isn't there. And and I was explaining this to my son, that it's the exact same thing as when a, you know, when a load of of mid-tier FCS team goes into a solid FBS stadium and puts up a fight, for two or three quarters, and it's because they're excited for it. The other team is treating it like a like a glorified practice, and it just takes a bit for the athletes 
to, to to work their ways through. Now, obviously, this was only one series, and then it was fine after that. But it, it's it's true, right? You just it's human nature. You're not totally up for it, and that's what happens. So no, I th- I think everybody was annoyed because we wanted to put on a good showing right out of the gate, <laughs> but they 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 shut us up in a hurry. So that was nice. Yeah, yeah. On a positive note, Terry's right here. We got to talk about Tucker Large with those punt returns. What yeah, a we do. That was so fun. Uh, I, I put this in rants and raves, but. There's been seasons where we haven't had 149 yards in you know total in punt returns from from our main punt returner. So to do that in one game, uh, it's pretty special. And Tanner, you you put me on to Tucker uh, pretty early this year, and then mm-hmm. talking to the coaches, and then when you did your preview blog, and he was named the best player or voted the best defensive yeah. player by multiple teammates, is like holy cow. I know. Talk about him a little bit. What, have you, what did you see that made you was think this could be him this year? When you watch him in practice, you're like, man, that guy just has a different idea of how a play is going to play out. He's just – first off, he's got the physical attributes that I admittedly – I remember seeing him at practice two years ago, and I'm like, oh, that's the kid from Roosevelt. You know, I've Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder if he'll ever get on the field. Yeah. <laughs> He's already a star. <laughs> when you when you when he catches a punt, he's a guy that you kind of get out of your seat and go, "Oh man, okay, mm-hmm. what's what's he gonna do this time?" Some of those plays that he's making when he has the ball in his hands, whether it's the interception or the punts, he's creating that. I mean, he's, of course, mm-hmm. he's using his blocks well, but he is a guy who is finding crevices. Who's mm-hmm outrunning angles he is instinctual and you heard that all practice long and when i went around and asked players who they thought were the best the best player on the defense two of them said tucker large and the guys who didn't several of them mentioned him i remember thinking to myself wow is he is he really is he really that good and then you watch him and there's just no question about it Mm -hmm. he's just a football player he just understands the game so well and he's he might be the quickest player in a 10-yard box on that entire team. And that's why he's back to returning punts because he can he can flip a game. In, in yeah. one play, he can flip a game. Yeah. I don't remember the last time we had somebody with that kind of juice back there in, in the return game that it was just, you know, you kind of hold your breath a little bit and you get excited. You're like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens next. We went through enough, yeah. enough years where you're like, oh, no, just catch it. Or, oh, no, just get away from it. Uh, you know, <laughs> various various years and return return specialists that it's fun to have that. It has to be Paul Anenson, right, on, on punts. Because on kicks, Cade, yeah. Cade was pretty elite on Cade was, return. Yeah, Cade was fun to watch. Did he yeah. ever return punts? I don't think he did. Not- Oh, you know what? No, a couple of times he did, and we got mad about it. So, yeah. no, he did not. Um, who was the kid out of Nebraska, the wide receiver that ended and his career ended like a back injury or something? Um, Mar Marquise Marquise Lewis, right? Wasn't it? He Don't was a good know. he was a good punt returner, but it has to go all the way back to Paul Anenson. I think you're right. And, yeah, just it's cool too how this this comes about because. He doesn't probably get this opportunity. I don't know this for a fact, but probably doesn't get this opportunity if Jaden Yonke's not dealing with an injury. Because he's a pretty good returner as well. I mean, he can do some things. And he was the guy last year at punt return. And then he's dealing with you know a, a bit of an injury that's been lingering. He'll be back. He'll be okay. But Tucker Large gets the opportunity. And I don't think you can take him off a of punt return. I just don't. He's too electric to, to move that guy. If, he, if Tucker Large is fully healthy, you got to keep him back there. 
Yep. Yep. Uh, Jerome Butler was one, a name. Yep. That's right. JD. Uh, and Tim, Tim, you are right. Um, can we credit the special teams coach? Yes. We, we were pretty tough on coach Cashmore. Uh, <laughs> so don't we only blame week. coaches? We, we give yeah. them credit too. So we need to give him credit. And I think <laughs> I did. And, and Ransom Raves talked about special teams as a whole, just being much better, uh, much better. So, um, we'll see. Hopefully that consistency continues and maybe Montana state was the wake up call for that. We do know North Dakota tries to do some sneaky stuff on their special teams. So they better be ready for that because, uh, we've seen that game before. Um, I'll never forget when they had like the perfect matchup and it was like Garrett Mogg, their six, four receiver, uh, lined up on Tommy Motzko, like our five, nine linebacker that we had on the team. And it was just basically a jump ball and there was nothing Motzko could do on that one and they converted right so they're gonna find they're gonna find things that they liked and they want to take advantage of but sorry we're not talking about und today (laughs) off on a tangent there anything else or dallas anything else from the game that you want to hit on uh no i mean it was good to see us I, i think we got through most it felt like we got through a lot of situational things we wanted to and i didn't take notes in the moment but you get down to the end of the first half and you get to do you know, basically a uh, call it a one minute drill. I forget when we had the ball and we're pushing it down. So that I mean, that's why you do these yep. is to get to see those things. And and the results were solid. And to score, I think it was ten touchdowns on thirteen possessions. And uh, also one of my favorite things. I think every the last two years, every game that we thought we'd win by a healthy margin, I've picked Angel Johnson yep. as my player of the game, and I've been wrong every time. And to finally see him come out and get to do what he can, he is such a physical specimen, and I love watching him run, and it obviously paid off this one. So that, I think that was my favorite part is, is getting to see him. That's the last thing that I wanted to touch on. It's cool to see Chase Mason and Angel Johnson in the backfield because they did that in high school, mm-hmm. and that's the future of this program right down the line. Those two, again, becoming the duo in the backfield. And I'll tell you, there probably won't be a better duo as far as running the ball between those two. That is going to be a heck of an option to defend. You've got Chase Mason and Angel Johnson in the backfield, already with the chemistry that they built over the years. That was cool to see. It's nice to see those guys succeeding at this level. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with Seth Meyer's comment here. We need to start finding ways to get Chase Mason on the field more. He is too dynamic to leave on the bench. Uh, Seth, I'm going to talk about this in just a little bit here. And, uh, when we transition to kind of some future topics, so yeah, Alex Kenkel here, they're hiding something for angel in that Delta Maryland formation. And I, for one, cannot wait until they uncork it in a big game. Yeah. That was, that was the one thing that I liked about going back to Montana state, the early play calling is the, the three back formation that we had early on. There's a lot of it that I could do away with and i hope we don't go back to but i, I hope we see more of that mm-hmm. yeah and i like i like that you're smiling there tanner because that that tells me you know we may be on to something there so <laughs> <laughs> all right so revisiting our picks for player of the game last week chad picked angel johnson i picked chase mason all right we both did okay there uh defensively chad picked uh savion uh and i picked bryce johnson i don't think bryce uh, had a, you know had a, had that much of an impact, but Savion had a big game. Looks like his shoulder is okay. He was uh, you know fine after the game. It looked like they gave him the phone to kind of do uh, Savion, you know whatever. After <laughs> that was kind of fun. 
And then the score predictions, Chad said 50 to 7, and I said 52 to 7. So I was closer, Chad. Sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so that our picks, right? When we do picks like that, um, that's sponsored by Culver's. And just want to shout out Jim Poppin here. Uh, Jim went to Culver's on his way to Minneapolis and took a selfie with it, tagged Culver's, uh, let him know that he stopped in Watertown and that uh, he was there because Jack Herbert Illustrated referred, referred him. <laughs> um, Kevin also. Uh, Kevin stopped at Culver's and he only got a burger because he, he didn't want to risk the cheese curds or onion rings or anything like that for his flight that he was taking out of Sioux Falls, I'm guessing. So uh, thanks, Kevin, for stopping and supporting our sponsor Culver's there. Really do appreciate it. So, all right, let's go around the valley. Uh, Dallas, did you find any good scores? I did actually. Hold on. I just remembered one thing after listening to the post game. I think we'd be amiss if we don't bring up Cullen McShane. Oh, yeah. Who was talked about repeatedly and called out by by Jimmy uh, in the post game. You got anything to comment on there, Matt, other than just clearly that's an example of somebody that had an opportunity, maybe wasn't expected coming in and absolutely took advantage of it. Yeah. Uh, Met Cullen's family last year in Cedar Falls. They came and tailgated with me and Chad down there. Uh, and great people, awesome people. Um, it, it, when I visited with Jesse and Jimmy this summer, Cullen, um, has very similar, like athletic traits. It sounds like to Bach, right? Like the, the, the instincts, the, the athleticism, it's, it's all there. It was him getting in and learning the defense that they really needed him to take a jump in. And, I mean, over the summer, he must have done that. He must have taken that feedback and coaching to heart um, because Jimmy in the post game, what did he say? He has he is going to be a really, really, really special player. Like, yeah, for like, this program. he said that like, more than once. Yeah, like something like that about Cullen. And Jimmy doesn't give out that kind of praise. Like after interviewing him for six years now, seven years for position previews, um, he, he saves that for truly special players. So hopefully um, – whatever has clicked with Cullen in investing time and learning the defense and not just relying on his athleticism to do it all. Um, hopefully that sticks. Right. And this becomes a habit and we continue to see him make plays um, because who knows how much longer we have Bach, right? This could be his last year. He was pretty noncommittal on the, on the uh, Jimmy Rogers show this week when he was on. That linebacker core is so deep. <laughs> yeah. it's yep. So deep. It just goes on and on and on. If yeah. so many players. Yeah. Even it seems like, you know, like Aaron Kusler's taking a step this year. Right. You know, um, Bryce Johnson is just a player that, that, you know, gets called a cyborg by the coaches and stuff. And uh, <laughs> he's someone that we haven't even seen really hardly on the field. So you saw, you saw Oldman too. He was playing. Yep. In that yep. Game well. yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, thanks for bringing that up, Dallas. Yep. No problem. I knew I had one more note that I wanted to get to. So congrats to him and, and excited to see more of that. So we want to talk Missouri Valley now, correct? Yeah. Oh, train. I'm going to mute myself for train. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we want to jump in, go around the valley, talk a little bit. Matt, I think the way that we're set up today is I will need to request to present. So let me go ahead and get that pulled up, and we'll talk about some of the teams going around. A couple of, I don't know. I mean, there was SEMO and, and Southern Illinois was, was uh, I mean, kind of tabbed as the game of the week in the FCS 
NDS, or excuse me, UND, excited to talk about that one. I'm a little bit disappointed in the way that that one turned out. And I am struggling to... They were in that game, though. I, I Did you watch much of it? Because I only saw the, the result at the end. I saw that they were down 10 going into the fourth, and then I saw the final score, but... They were. I've I've heard good things. I know. I guess we're not talking about North Dakota today, but I've I've honestly heard good things about. This <laughs> it's team. hard not to a little bit. I have too. Even my my dad Charlie texted me about them uh, earlier. Let's see if I zoom in. Does that zoom in for the screen? It does a little bit. Sweet. There we go. Can you see that, Matt? Yeah. Why does Chad make that look so hard? That's great. <laughs> I don't. Want... He's gonna listen back to this, and we've just been dogging him the whole time. Gosh, that's because he's in Germany for for August or uh, for Oktoberfest. Jealous yeah. of him. Yeah. Well, right. I think honestly, like everyone's disappointed in UND in this game because the Boise State is down this year. It, you know, it seems yeah, they're to not be. very good. But uh, Brendan Brendan asked us if we had seen the uh, North Dakota fan board yet, and I have not ventured over there. Uh, but it must be bad because I think they went into that game actually expecting kind of a win. And, you know, when you get those FBS chances, right, you don't want to squander them, especially no, against someone that's kind of down. Ex- exactly, because when those are booked, you don't know the team you're going to have and definitely you don't know the team they're going to have, right? It's total crapshoot. You could book a garbage uh, you know, one win Colorado team and turn around and it winds up being, you know, uh, you know, the coach prime uh, team, right? So yeah. you don't know what you're going to get, but when you get it, and again, UND is a solid football team. Excited to hear about them next week facing a down team. You should get that. And, and it's still, even if they were tight going in the end, that just feels like more of the same with these FCS, FBS matchups where you get a, a beat this to death but your starters are 85 90% of the other team's starters and they totally are if not more but those extra scholarships kick in the second level kicks in and you just cannot compete with that for four full quarters and they wear you down and suddenly what is a ball game going into the fourth ends up being a three score win and that's i don't know if that's what we saw or what yep um, you know it looks like you know they gave up some passing yards they they kind of thought that they had their defense uh, maybe figured out this year. I don't know. Um, I don't necessarily like playing them after a game like this either, right? Because they're going to have to, a couple weeks to stew on that. So no, they. Sorry to keep so. talking about them, even though I said we weren't. Do they have a bye next week too? I can tell you right so. now. Yeah, North Dakota. Um, yeah, they do. But, yeah. Ooh, okay. Only a couple. Only uh, Illinois State, Missouri State, and Western Illinois play next week. So gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll see on that. Uh, we can talk about them later, but just a surprising result. I thought it'd be better. Yeah, I mean they're they're a well coached team that's well publicized. Yep. Stig loved Bubba. I mean it, I think everybody has a lot of respect for them. Yep. Uh, the Ball State Indiana State game. This was actually fairly a close game, right at halftime. It was just ten zero at halftime, seventeen to seven after the third. And then they put up 28 points in the fourth quarter. So there's maybe <laughs> Dallas some of that depth that you're talking about. There. It is, and Ball State is not good. Yeah, and Indiana, Indiana State, State. The, the poor trees continue to be a dumpster fire. Yep. I don't know what it's going to take to get that program turned around, but man, it's not pretty. Yep. Uh, USD was again in a close, a close game, um, right? With Lamar, that that was uh, surprising, right? It was six to seven at halftime in the second half. 
Um, USD started feeding their horses and Nate Thomas, they might, he might finally be back and fully healthy. And if he's healthy, I think that offense changes a little bit. Nate Thomas is a stud. Um, so Nate Thomas and Travis Tice had what, uh, 35 carries and almost a hundred and almost 284 yards between the two of them. So <laughs> that's, that's a good duo in the backfield. Are, are, am I sensing a little fear going into the dome this year? <laughs> no, well, no, it's, it's, it honestly, like this breaks my heart to say this, but it's respect. Like they've beat us twice in a row in the dome. Mm-hmm. And, and they, the last time they did it is by shoving Nate Thomas down our throat <laughs> and we could not tackle him. And so if he's back and healthy, I think that, that does like that changes things on their offense a little bit. And their defense has been playing decent. This and, season, I, so. and I'm a big Josh Davis guy. He was a teammate of mine and, and obviously is a terrific coach. And oh, I hit him now. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I firmly believe, unfortunately, that offense will get better as the year goes on because he's he's a hard worker. He's a very good coach. He knows his stuff. And, and we're going to have to watch out for that. And in the very minimal bit of social media um following that they have it looks like they were actually relatively happy most of their fans or their fan uh whatever it is uh, <laughs> for what they did in the second half and started to turn stuff around yep so uh youngstown robert morris uh same type of deal right kind of a slow start sounds like uh and but you and but youngstown did what they needed to do their quarterback uh is showing me something he was the big question mark right coming into the season mitch davidson could he actually carry a team on his back without Jaleel McLaughlin? And he's doing just fine. He was 21 for 25 in this game, 339 yards. Uh, they also have a good back. They picked up another Division II All-American, kind of like Jaleel. And uh, his name's Tyshawn King. He was from Northern Michigan. Nice player, and he's having a good start to his season. So, Hey, I like uh, that approach. I mean, that that is exactly what we do in our best recruiting is we get the absolute best guys that have 15 D2 offers and we go in and pluck them. So the idea of going in, and obviously that worked out well for us last year too, finding somebody at that level, bringing them up, makes a ton of sense. I still, Youngstown State was such a trendy pick early, and I'm, I'm, I don't know, I I haven't watched any tape yet, and I'm curious to see what they are. You have? I actually have because I'm growing up in Ohio. I'm I'm a big Ohio State fan. They played Ohio State. Two weeks ago, they actually looked pretty decent. Uh, yep. I'm telling you right now, Youngstown State actually looked pretty decent watching them match up with Ohio State. I, I wanted to quickly go back before we got to North Dakota State. Some just just kind of pick your guys' brains in a sense. You mentioned Indiana State and, and how they're still just such a down program. I mean, that almost sounds like an almost possible re, impossible rebuild. Like if yeah. I'm looking at where they're placed in Indiana, all those kids who are like borderline, you know, big school, small school guy, they're going to go to mag schools, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's You don't have to compete against that yep. as much here. Am, am I wrong in that thinking that that would be a very tough reason? No, you're 100% right. That Tanner, that is a brilliant take, that that is an awful place to be an FCS, some, yeah. especially a subpar, you know, bad FCS team. Because even, even if you had had built your program up, you know, you look at Youngstown State has been at the pinnacle, They've been very, very good, and then they've struggled to mm-hmm. recruit. And and I mean, this I could talk for twenty five minutes on the position that us at NDSU are in geographically right. to pick and choose who we want. 
because yeah. there are so many tiny little schools where you can go out and get yourself a Dallas Goddard or whatever, right? And you're not hitting on all of them, but the big guys are never going to find them there. And we are in a special place, and I think that's why you see these two schools excelling the way that they are. So, no, that's a great take, Tanner. Yeah. Yeah, it's – you know, when, when Indiana State was good uh, a few years ago – or better, like it looked like they were rebuilding re- when Mallory first got there. It was because they hit they hit the transfer – it was before the transfer portal, but they got a bunch of transfers. They got that big tackle from Tennessee. They had a quarterback from Iowa. Um, you know, just FBS bounce backs that – um, maybe due to injuries or just, you know, getting passed up on the depth chart, whatever it was, that's when they were good. Um, they had that good running back too. So just that, that was that game in Brookings where that giant shootout 49, 46, whatever it was, uh, super high score in overtime game. Um, and that's when it was like, geez, Mallory has the, the trees turned around and it just hasn't materialized. So, yeah. uh, Youngstown back to Rev's point on this. Um, but look who they played, right? On on Robert did Morris. They, did they remember their jerseys? I didn't. I didn't hear. Yeah, did Robert Morris remember their jerseys this time? Good question. <laughs> um, that's a lot of points. Youngstown's other big question mark besides quarterback was their secondary uh, going into this season, and from what I've seen so far, their secondary isn't much better. So that's still a weakness, I'd say. All right, Illinois State. What are you guys doing? Woof. See, Eastern Illinois, maybe Eastern Illinois is way better than we think because they they no. thumped maybe they thumped Indiana State really well, really <laughs> good. But we just got over talking about how bad they are. So, <laughs> what's up with this, Dallas? This was I shocking. don't know. They're so hard to figure out. I mean, you assume they've got a solid defense year in year out, and then they they tend to trickle through. You know, uh, tend to always have a pretty solid running back and and a couple of decent receivers. No, I I don't have a clue. This was a really head scratcher for me when I saw this, mm-hmm. because they're, it, this is a team that I'm always a bit concerned about every year, regardless, because they're never bad. But this this loss has to be pretty unexpected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, NDSU in Central Arkansas. Uh, you know this game was this game was not as close as the final score shows. I think it was like 49-17 uh, before garage time, and <laughs> you know it just. It just wasn't uh, a good game. Uh, I think this this might be blasphemous in these circles or these parts, but I do think maybe Cam Miller has it figured out, and I think they're they're using him in the right ways. I think they've kind of figured out how to use Cole Payton as well, hmm. um, and that's a that can be a scary offense if they can figure that out. Um, I've heard with with Cam this year. I've heard the word efficient so many times. Yeah. In what he's done, and I mean the numbers seem to reflect it. I haven't watched him yet, but um, I mean did obviously you see, did you they... see yesterday's box score for him. No, he was eighteen of nineteen for two hundred yards and two Is TDs. Good? Is that good? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what more do I guess? What more do we need him to do to kind of to to show us that he can pass? I guess I I don't know that to me. I'm impressed with that. Impressed with how he's choosing to run. Um, what did you guys I, feel he was missing a year ago? Uh, confident. I, think, I mean, overall confidence in his arm, right? Because there's the con- incarnate, incarnate word game when he said, uh, like, don't let me throw or whatever it was. I, I can't, I don't got it today or whatever it was. Like, you don't ever want your quarterback coming to the sidelines so, saying to that. Saying okay, that. so 
I think I was going to say the same thing in a different way. I was going to say just continuity in the offense. It, they, they, some reason, were just a little bit off their game last year. When you look at as a as a team and as an offense, had just the most obnoxious confidence for a decade and knew exactly what they were going to do, and they did it. And last year, they just were off schedule, if you want to call it that. I know that's kind of a tired phrase, but it looked like they just weren't quite on schedule for a good chunk of the season, or at least when when they didn't look like themselves. And to me, he took the brunt of that, and I think that maybe caused his his lack of confidence or, or just not knowing where his, where his spot was. Because, mm-hmm. well I mean, physically, he's got he's got the ability. I mean, he's, he's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tanner, have you caught any of their games yet? I year? watched the highlights of their first game, and I think you make a good point with Cole Payton. He's obviously – like, he, to me – not the exact same player, but he's very similar to a Chase Mason. It's like if you can figure out how to integrate him into your offense, he can help you. And I don't think, I mean, we'll see as the season goes along. They're not, they might not be able to use him the way they want to in every single game, but if he can come in and get them a first down or two, and that I think the week before was like a 60 or 70 yard touchdown run. If he can do that, then he'll have a, he'll get a few snaps every single game. But just watching North Dakota State, from what I've seen, they look like the same old team that I've seen them for the past two, three seasons. They're very physical, and it's like you know what we're going to do, try and stop it, and it's it's just tough to. I just wonder if they're a little bit more their, – their focus is just a bit more intense this season with what's mm-hmm. happened with what happened a season ago to finally get beaten Frisco and by South Dakota state, their arch rival who's, I mean, you guys have owned them the past three, four years. I, I wonder if it's just, a, just a bit more juice up there in Fargo this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do they call it? The revenge tour. So yeah. Yep. All right. Um, he's a great runner. Yep. Okay. Uh, the, the Northern Iowa, they finally got in the, in the win column against Idaho State, as expected. Uh, Idaho State's trash. Their, their stadium's not good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I'm sure it feels good to be in the win column. So, what? Why is that funny? <laughs> well, they're bad. They're, they're, they're like the, bad. The fans are bad. Yeah, Team's yeah. bad. Town is bad. Jersey's yeah. Bad. <laughs> Did so, I, <laughs> okay. Could I ask uh, you guys this question? Going yeah. through these teams, and I, I, I know we have a couple more. Beside, outside of North Dakota State, who scares you the most? We're gonna, they're coming. Really? They're next. They're next. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, set that up well. I, yeah, I'm probably in the same boat at this point. I was going to say, originally for me, it was either Northern Iowa and/or Youngstown just getting into the end of the season, whether it's in season or playoffs or whatever, but too many question marks there. So go ahead, Matt. Yeah. SIU. Everyone's saying this in the comments. Salukis, SIU. Yep. Um, yeah. It's just, it's uh, Nick Baker's a good quarterback. We all know that uh, they lost. We talked about this earlier in our preview episode, they lost a ton of weapons, but they also brought back maybe Romir Elliott, who's a very good running back. Uh, some good wide receivers, and Baker just looks so good. This he looks like a guy that's played a lot of football, right? Yep. Uh, in the best conference uh, in the FCS. So, 
if they're motivated, uh, they have the talent. I I don't know anything about their defense, but to hold Simo to twenty five points, like that's okay. I don't I didn't see what Hess had on the ground. I guess um, so. That's that's interesting, but that. Baker's just good, and and you've got a combination. Yeah. Baker's a very good quarterback. Nick Hill is, I think, an elite coach at this point. Yep. From what he's done year after year, he's built through recruiting. He's built through the transfer portal. He's he's done it through the portal and kept a consistent product, which to me that tells you is a, he's a great leader if he's able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm with you. This is outside of maybe the cows. This is this is the next best team in the conference. Yeah, I just looked up. They held Hess to 99 yards on 23 carries, and his long was 21. So that's a pretty dang good effort for that Southern Illinois defense. So Nick Baker's tough because he's a guy who you can have the perfect play called and you can almost execute perfectly. And then with his legs, he mm-hmm. can not maybe not even run for a first down, but buy enough time where a receiver can get open and break free in coverage, and it can be a, a gangbuster 40-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. I remember vividly what he did two years ago in Brookings. That was an <laughs> incredible game. And that kid, you talk about, we talked about a lack of confidence perhaps in a quarterback. Well, that guy knows what he can do. He's 5'9, 215, yep. looks nothing of a Division one quarterback, and he can play. So, yeah, he's. He is a dangerous man running the show at Southern Illinois. And that style of quarterback is worrisome this year. And now, actually, we'll, we'll go back to the, the Drake game here a little bit. And you look at, you know, we talk about not having any sacks this year and maybe being concerned at the D-line, the way that they've run. Our containment uh, and the way that we, we restricted passing lanes has been very poor to this point in all three games. And playing that style of quarterback is very concerning uh, coming up here later in the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Cheapers. All right, these last two games, Murray State and Western, um, we don't really care again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but we don't play them. They're at the bottom of the conference. Not good. So I've been trying to come up with a good comparison of trading Western Illinois for Murray State. It's like, I don't know, having one broken thing and trading it for another thing that doesn't work. Like it just doesn't really matter. Yeah. They're, they might be the same team. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, this segment actually was sponsored by Cubbies sports barn girl of Brookings. Cubbies. You say excited. Yeah. Cubbies. So our newest sponsor, uh, Cubbies. And, um, I think, you know, this is you know, very when we started this thing and we're thinking about sponsors and things like that. Cubbies was like our aspirational. We want them as a sponsor someday because everybody loves Cubbies. Uh, you go there on weekends to, to watch big games that are maybe out of town. Uh, you go there with your buddies uh, or on a date, whatever it may be, to get things, to get your favorite bacon cheeseburger or Thai nachos. Uh, something like that. So uh, I think all of us have on our team, I think I tweeted this, I'll have a special memory at Cubbies as a student. And so it's just cool to finally have them on board as a sponsor for Jack Garbutt Illustrated. So be sure to stop into Cubbies when you are in Brookings, whether it's on game day or not, uh, to get your favorite dish there. So. I had two quick things to say about that. Mm-hmm. The Two of me and Coach Diggs meetings have actually, one was at Culver's and one was at Cubbies. <laughs> there's a cool thing for you guys Sweet. and then also too 
what you guys are doing is pretty inspiring. I, I just would like to say that from where you guys, what it started, Jack's Illustrated, I was it's been over a decade, correct? No, just seven years. This is our seventh season. Seventh season. So That's close what, to a decade, man. Close to a decade. Yeah. We can run that. What you're doing now is very cool. I, I just would like to point that out, that it's very unique what you guys have here at South Dakota State, that you have grown from the ground up. So I think you should take some kudos for that. Oh, thanks, well, Matt. Danny. Matt, you should be feel very good about that. And and I wanted to bring that up, too, just at the game. It's so fun when people come up and introduce themselves and want to talk about stuff and can, can quote Chad. And it's, <laughs> it's just absurd, and it makes no sense. And I even got to have at the, the Montana State game, I, I had a bunch of high school buddies there, and I didn't spend much time with them because people kept coming up and talking to me about stuff. And I kind of felt crappy about it. And then they're like, no, man, that was that was fun to get to see you in your element. And, like, we've never seen that side of you. That's cool. So it's fun. and I, I love being a part of it. Yeah. You guys have helped me with my career as well. You guys are helping a lot of people. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tanner. Thanks, Tanner. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yes, <sighs> Ty Nachos, Aaron. I was just yeah. going to say that. Cubbies, yeah. Ty Nachos is my – yep, either Ty Nachos or the Ty Rap are my favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so typically we talk about our future opponent. We don't have a future opponent this week. It's the bye week, but our future opponent previews are sponsored by Jackrabbit Central, right? Uh, with the upcoming game, get into the campus location online or the downtown location, uh, pick up what you need. And if you don't get it beforehand, stop in the stadium store. Uh, my, I told you last week, right? We, we were there, um, bought my son a couple of different things daughter super jealous and she's coming to the game on the 30th and i'm guessing we're going to go into the stadium store and she's going to beg for something and she's probably going to get it get so, out the credit card yeah, by the get store. out the credit card yep so uh got to get them decked out in jackrabbit gear it's fun it's homecoming week so they get to wear different you know things for themes day yeah. theme days and stuff but my son already has like his jackrabbit uh hoodie that he got laid out and ready to go so that's cool I'm glad that I'm glad that at least you and your son are on the same wavelength. (laughs) There we go. There we go. So thank you, Jack Carpet Central. Appreciate that. So I asked these guys, Dallas and Tanner, I asked, I said, what are some things this team needs to work on during improvement week? And I don't doubt if Jimmy's calling it that, but we're going to call it that because it's funny and unique. I was waiting in the post game. um, Tyler called that out. He said, your your coach called it improvement week and Jimmy didn't correct him or disagree. He didn't say anything either way. Yeah. So what are we, what are we looking for? What's our Dallas? You want to start or no Tanner, you're a guest Tanner. No, no, I'd I'd, I'd like, I'd like you guys, I'd like one of you guys to start because you guys have some stronger takes on this than me. So I can, I can jump in first. Well, what you're getting at, I am actually not going to go with. (laughs) I had, I got shot down in the pre-production meeting. I had some, uh, a couple of passing game concerns is, is absolutely absurd as that sounds with as good as the results have been. But I mean, that's what this is all about this time of year. And it's, it's weird having, having this team where it's, it's, you know, natty or bust and you expect perfection, which isn't fair of anybody. Um, but ooh, Seth Meyer says penalties. Yes, that is a good one. Although that's a tough thing to address, right? Like that's not. I don't know how you do that other than you get keep it top of mind with your players. You go through the specific situations. Maybe you take, you know, you work with a Chris Crock, who is the the mental performance coach, and maybe you kind of work through some of those things. I know we didn't touch on 
um, on the personal fouls in that Drake game, but I, I was livid during those, and it always happens for a reason, right? The one guy out of bounds said that somebody kicked him. Sure, I'm sure he did. You still got flagged, and in the end, that's going to easy for me to say because I'm not sitting here getting kicked, but <laughs> <laughs> in a bigger game, that's going to matter. Uh, but no, my, my, my three things I think I would go with, um, and I'm going to skip the, the obvious of get healthy and stay healthy. Um, one is going to be D-line physicality. And there's a lot of stuff to look at there. Um, I think we still have a terrific defensive line, and we've been spoiled the last couple of years with how great and just flat-out elite our D-line has been. And I think we still can be there, but we haven't seen it yet. No sacks so far. And I think even more concerning was uh, horizontally the way that we got uh, washed in that Montana State game and opened up run lanes. So just general physicality, because those two things... I could go into this a little bit deeper, but they, they don't really jive when you look at the body of work for the year because typically a team that's getting washed uh, horizontally and creating run lanes, that means that they are over-aggressive getting upfield, they're being undisciplined in their steps and getting too deep, and that creates those run lanes. But we've, we haven't seen the other side of that, which is pressure on the quarterback. So I'm not sure exactly what the issue is. But So that's why I just say just general physicality. This is going to be a... Sh- I'm going to swear, man, a shitty week of practice for the defensive line. They're going to get pounded, and and I think they're going to be better because of it. Um, Hmm. Second, Matt, you started to allude to, but I'm hoping, hoping, hoping we get a Chase Mason package where where he's in. Um, And I don't know if this is what you're calling out for this, but I would really like to see something to get him in the back, whether they're both in the backfield, whether you get something funky going on, that's more of an Eck-type thing. But just getting him in. You know, same style that maybe Rudy had. Uh, man, what a what a just a terrific runner uh, and great athlete. Yep. Um, and last, I, I I know you guys are bringing it up too, but I'm going to go discipline and figure out how to work on that. Matt, you're up. All right, I said pass rush. Yep. Very concerning to me that through three games we have zero sacks, uh, and and I put this in rants and raves right that. Last year we had two sacks against Iowa and then got blanked the next two games and then went on to face Jason Shelley, who we didn't think we were going to be able to sack because he's so mobile, and we brought him down four times in that game. So, you know, we've had a question here from Seth Meyer. Is losing our D-line coach a bigger loss than we thought? I don't know. I mean, He was a great coach. He was great. He was great. Christian Smith was amazing. But I, I, I really like Jalen Bibbs too. Uh, I think Jalen Bibbs is a great guy um, and the players seem to respond to him. I, it may be a matter of the schemes that we're playing against. Drake did want to get rid of the ball fairly quickly. Uh, Montana State, we were focused on stopping the run, kind of. So- it is, but still, I'm going to go back in, in the Drake game. There was containment was lost. The quarterback got out of the pocket a few times. Like those are the sorts of things where even even if you're playing that opponent that's probably not completing all those passes, you still see that individual grade of whoever was supposed to keep that quarterback in the pocket. Sure. And that's what you're supposed to be working on there. Yep. So I'm I'm really just I'm looking for someone to step up at that on the defensive line. I don't know who it's going to be. If it's going to be Caden Johnson or uh, you know any of those guys. Uh, I, I'm hopeful when Randy gets back in, in a couple of weeks, we may see him as a pass rush specialist in those very uh, specific pass rush downs. But Tanner, what are you thinking? I, I'd like to respond. 
Yeah. That's why I give any of my <laughs> I'm giving you my honest take on this stuff. Okay. You, I want to start with the defensive line. Montana State game. Did they bleed in the run game at times? They did. They did. But Montana State, maybe, maybe North Dakota State's better, but they might be the best running team in the FCS. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. Did the crowd play a factor with some false starts and all that? No doubt. They bent. They did not break. They Mm -hmm. did not break. They only allowed – they didn't allow 20 points to Montana State. I understand the concern, but I'd just like to point out that when they played that team two years ago, they got beat up. They could not stop the run when they needed to, and they did this time. Did they bleed? Yes, but they got the job done. And let's not forget, they're replacing two of the best defensive linemen this program has seen in a while. I mean, they're replacing two dudes on that defensive line. And it's only week three. I, I know, and I know you guys are like, we're talking about perfection here. So I yep. know you're being we, overcritical. We need things to perfect. talk about. If we just showed <laughs> up and said everything was I great, understand. it wouldn't be any fun. <laughs> I, understand. I understand. But I just would like to point out that, sure, that they have not been perfect. But I've seen good things. Like, I've seen some plays made in that defensive line against Montana State. that I was like, okay. Like, there, there are signs. There are things to be pleased about and also too next point you talked about chase mason chase i i love chase uh, great kid he i think he's going to be a very good player but just being honest with you how can you take mark ronowski off the field like like he's such a good running throw do we forget this man took off for 51 yards in the national championship like he's got some wheels as well and then you think well it i agree with you it sounds cool in theory to have him next to Chase and, and Mark on the same, you know, in the same backfield. Well, guess what? They got three backs who can take <laughs> off for any yard. How, how you get it. Like, yeah. I totally get what you're saying, but, like, man, they got so many dudes that's going to be tough to get chased. It, it is a long season, Tanner. I, no, so, it, to me, it's just all, it's all about uh, just reducing wear and tear whenever you can and giving a different okay. look. Every time – one of the things that I think gets missed when people analyze football is every stupid little wrinkle you put in, the other team the following week is probably going to have to spend 15 minutes of their practice time working on it. So you put in some dumbass formation, and they have to spend some time some time doing it. And like that's part of the chess game, too. So I, I think that, I don't know, that, that plays a okay. role. But I, I get it. I get it. That's fair. That's fair. I, I'll say now for my concerns, I think one thing – and they know this too. The special teams knows it. They're, they're accountable with. It. They have to. They have to clean up some things. Special teams has to get better. I heard a stat today. It's like something close to seventy-five percent of the time that you get a blocked punt, that the team who blocked the punt in the game wins the game. Well, that happened against Montana mm. State. The extra point that was missed made it a field goal game instead of a touchdown game at the time. Mm-hmm. Like they've got some things to clean up, and they looked better against Drake. No question about it. But as you get into the valley, you know every every extra point all of these special teams things will will have to be will have to be better and and also too i know it's been talked about but what hunter dustman does is big time like he doesn't just mm-hmm. do he doesn't just kick the field goals and do the punting he does the kickoffs as well like that's that's rare there's a lot on one man's shoulders and i think that's that's part of the reason why they brought in this special teams coach which is good that will only improve but they've got to get that cleaned up as they go on if they want to be elite if they want to be an all-around true team, that will have to improve. Hmm. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. but I think that's that's under underappreciated with Hunter. We don't talk about that much. Like you, you don't see that at this yeah. level for sure. Yep. Yeah. And and he does them all pretty dang well. So he does. Yep. He does. Yeah. It's fascinating talking to him, just learning about that stuff, because like he's at practice, and some days he focuses more on kicking, some days he focuses more on punting, and for every punter in the valley that's all they do right that's their craft that's all they do he has he does both and he's tell he's talking to me about how he has to watch how many times he he calls it a let his swing his legs going he only has a certain number he can get to per day it's like it's very interesting to see kind of the technician of a mind that he has Mm -hmm. doing what he does because it's just so different it's just so different from anyone else in the football field and then it's you can probably count in your in your a single hand how many people in the entire country, FC, FBS included, are doing what he's doing. It so is, I, and I, it's a cool thing. It is. And I actually, that gains us probably at least one spot on the bus, too. <laughs> that's true. That's, yeah. I mean, that, that's huge. That matters. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, yeah. This, um, so, Garrett Meyer, this isn't cool, Garrett, but here's what Garrett says. Isn't it cool how we are sounding like furry fans? Four <laughs> years ago, we'd been content with the overall oh. performance this year. I had that same thought, I and I hate it, but what else are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, if we sat here for an hour and just talked about how great this team was, that'd be pretty boring. So, Target Field wasn't that cool. Yeah, we're know. not trying to make noise, but at the same time, <laughs> we can be a little bit critical, right? We can be. I have one I, more improvement thing please. that yeah. comes to my mind, and it, it, it will come with time. Not that I, we've already seen it, but. I'm excited to see Isaiah Davis really get going. And he looked great in the past game. And I think that was maybe part of the the plan to get him in space, let him get loose a little bit, and he did. He hasn't had that breakaway run yet in the run game, and it's coming. Mm-hmm. And it, it was kind of the same last year. It's interesting. You wouldn't think that as a running back, but it's almost like in the quarterback where he has to find his rhythm over time. I, I think he's he's doing that. But it was talked about on the broadcast how it's only going to help them. He's, he hasn't gotten many carries, and that's only going to help this team moving down the line. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him round into his full form that we know exists within him. Yep. Yep. You know, uh, when, yep. A couple of runs he had there in the first quarter was was when it finally felt like, okay, here's the, the, the horses are taking over. Yeah. This is the talent gap. Oh, my goodness. So it, it's fun to see little flashes, but I agree with you, Tanner. Yep. The, the last, you know, echoing what you two have said, the last thing I'm, I'm looking at uh, for improvement week, and this is just more, this is more of a question. It's not an improvement, but what does the 2023 offense actually look like? Like, I'm just curious because at the end, what we did in the playoffs as an offense is just absurd, right? And that was kind of starting to be when Tucker got healthy and we know Tucker's no longer on the team, um, you know, so what does this offense look like with, you know, these, this three back sets with these two remarkable quarterbacks with uh, a freshman wide receiver who just looks phenomenal and is destroying people. Uh, we haven't seen Jaden yet on the field. So. I met Willie's dad, by the way. Yeah, he was awesome. We both did. Wasn't he cool? <laughs> yeah. That was so fun. I That's love uncle. hanging out with parents is my favorite, favorite yeah. thing to do at tailgate. I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully four years away from being there, but God, that's fun. How would you guys like the offense to look? I guess identity. What would you like to ideally say? This is this is the identity. Jeez, 
<laughs> outside of perfection. Yeah, right, right. And, <laughs> it is. And I try to preface everything I say with I'm asking yeah. absurd things and I know it's not fair. And it just like needs something to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's it is the we keep referencing stupid North Dakota State, but it's they're the blueprint. And it is an absolutely dominant run game that just pounds someone into submission. And then when you need to, you can let loose and take advantage of safeties creeping up. I mean, that to me, if that's the recipe, I think it's just seeing that. Um, and and I the, the one thing that we had referenced earlier, again, with, with the pass game that I couldn't quite put my finger on, we'll call it some timing things. And I always joke about giving the world's worst quarterback analysis. But there's just some things, uh, whether it's with the receiving core or whatever, that just don't seem quite right to me in a couple scenarios that I need to go back and watch. And and this goes back to Matt's, uh, what, what did you call it, Matt? Just offensive identity? Yeah. Yeah. So just it's seeing that stuff come together and it's it's clicking, right? Because even though we feel like this is the exact same team and they're back and almost nobody left, this is still a different team in a different year with a different coach, and things aren't the same. So we have to see that stuff come together, and and hopefully that's the sort of thing that gels now over the next two weeks. And and the stupid part about this, and now this is going to stick in my head, we we're saying this after they put up seventy freaking <laughs> points. Like, <laughs> We expect better. Oh, gosh. No, they, oh. I mean, they did well. They, I mean, they did what they needed to do coming out of that. When did the – honestly, the biggest thing I was looking for, and I forgot to check, when did the second-string offensive line go in? I wanted them to see them go in sooner than the Western Oregon game. Yeah, it was midway third. It was that second possession. It was the second possession of the third. Because that, to me, that to me is the build for the future, like, let's do that thing. Oh, Quentin Christensen and Jalen Lee at those guards. Ooh, build for the future, man. That's exciting. Oh, Quentin Christensen looks good. I'm excited for him. Nice. Very good. Cool. So I'm about. sorry, Tanner. I don't, Tanner, I don't know if I answered your, your question fully, but I, I think it's that let's just, you know, I really want to pound people into submission. I want to feel fully confident in the offensive line, cut the penalties, and, and just be disciplined there. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think one thing that, we could see a little more of they have such speed on the perimeter. Like they've got four receivers who are like hard to keep off the field. Like yep. Graham is, is mm-hmm. as I really felt he would is, is a good player. Like he's, you can count on that guy. We're, we're going to look back at this season and just be unbelievably impressed with what he did. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And then you obviously Wildy is Three games, three touchdowns. And then you've got the Twins, who are maybe the most physically gifted wide receivers in the FCS. And one thing I think they could do a little bit more of, but they just haven't really had to. They tried a little bit in the Montana State game, but I want to see some deep shots. Like, mm-hmm. Let these guys go get the ball. Let, let these guys out-jump someone. Put someone on a poster. Because they can do it. And that that's the only thing that I, I think they can explore more is pushing the ball vertically down the field because Gronowski has the arm. He, he has got the arm. He throws a very good deep ball, a mm-hmm. very good deep ball. I'd like to see that more just as a, I guess, like a selfish like fan perspective, someone who's in the, it, watching the games, like I, I, some, you know, some, some great big plays down the field, but they really haven't had to. But I think they can do that. And that can also take the top off of the defense. Like if you – if you've got that threat, that will open up the run game. Even it's more. bizarre. They've got the weapons that we could do both. We could, we honestly, yeah, exactly. any any offense that Lujan yeah. wanted to put out there, we we could do. Yeah. 
the, the issue is you can't do all of them, right? right. Yeah. So right. that's, I mean, but one week in, one week out, we could completely change that. I mean, if you want to spread it out, go no huddle, air raid, which I hate, I, we've got the horses to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. And the tight ends as well. Yep. The tight ends as well are, are darn good players. Yeah. All right. Dallas, this is funny because this morning when we were texting, I said, I wouldn't mind having a short show tonight. And this is probably now the longest show you and I have ever done together. <laughs> we are passionate. We care. Yeah. No, you're right. This is definitely the longest. Yeah. So um, thank you, Tanner, for joining us. Uh, everyone, check out Tanner's work when it comes up. I know you do. We'll retweet it, reshare it on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Tanner, thank you for, for covering um, for covering the team like you do. You know, it's awesome in-depth analysis. Folks, thanks for being here with us. Thanks to everyone that said hi at, at uh, Cowboy Jacks. Appreciate it. Uh, it was a blast. Let's, uh, let's do some improvement week on our own. Everyone pick something they're going to improve upon themselves personally or in their job and report back next week what you Ooh, did. We'll, so. we'll do that. Mines, I'm going to miss next the next show, unfortunately, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I think three times tonight I said I didn't watch film on another team, so that's what I got to do. <laughs> there we go. Use some airline time for that, Dallas. Watch more football. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, again, uh, like, follow, share, subscribe, whatever you need to do. Uh, appreciate you all. So thank you. And with that, go big, go blue, go, go Jacks. Jacks. Bye.